This is Simon Torres, Arsenal supporter of Charm City Gooners. You are listening to the DU Football Show, and I'm here to tell you that it could be worse. You could be an Everton fan. It's fucking brilliant. I love these ads. <laughs> They're so funny, especially uh, Simon. You're a prick. I love you, but you're a prick. John, it's great to finally get you in studio, and I'll do all the introductions here in a moment, but... You know, I'm not even going to do like I do to Graham, because I know I'm with a professional today. And I just got to say, it's a grand old team to play for, and it's a grand old team to support. And if you know your history, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to the Drunk United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and uh, filling in for Samuel Graham, who is on a beach, probably drinking something tiki and is blackout drunk by now, is uh, my friend John. John, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm uh, doing great. Who who do you support, by the way? Uh, given the show's topic today, I think I support Everton. Very good. Well, you know what? That's a good Everton fan questioning you know everything, because that's all we ever do, because we're not allowed to have nice stuff. And uh, you uh, do a little something in D.C. with uh, Everton as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm the chairman of the D.C. Toffees. We're the official supporters club um, in the nation's capital. So uh, if you're ever out in uh, D.C., come see us at Fado's Irish Pub in Chinatown. Fabulous. So we're recording at Studio H just outside our nation's capital. You can check us out where most podcasts are available, and we're going to have a new one coming up soon, which I'm pretty excited to talk about eventually. But not yet. Got to make sure Producer Mel's got it all under control. <laughs> um, and if uh, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. And should you want to chat with us, there's many ways that you can. John, why don't you tell the good people how they can get in touch? Well, of course, you can go to dufootballshow.com and on social media, go to dufootballshow. Very good, very good. Or, as I like to say, you can just Skype your happy ass over here, which is the case of our guest tonight. Um, so, Tim, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. Wonderful, where, wonderful. Where, where are you calling from? G'day, mates. I'm calling from Australia. That's right. We're worldwide, that's, bitches. That's the best accent you're going to get because I'm actually American living in Australia. Excellent. And finally, who do you support? I support the grand old team. We are born, not manufactured. Everton. Down there uh, stalking Tim Cahill, I see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every day. That's right, boys and girls. It is the Everton Extravaganza! Kenza, 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 Kenza. I love it. I, I can I can hear Z cars in the tunnel right now as we're walking out onto the pitch. It's brilliant. What? What a lovely day. And the best part is you're not having to fake hearing it because I actually have the clip playing in your ears. I know. You produced me something. Now produce me a mute button. Ah, oh, this is wonderful. So, I work in the uh, wine and spirits industry. John does not. Um, and I have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirit. That doesn't mean we're not all drinking, because we are. Um, so, as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our show throughout this show and every show. Against my better judgment, unhit the mute button. Mel, what are we drinking tonight? Oh. Oh, now you want me to talk? 
I'm already regretting this. <laughs> we are drinking rum malicon. Did I do that right? Yes, you did okay, just fine. <laughs> it is a uh, Reserve Imperial, 25-year-old. It is a Panamanian rum aged in used American white oak, uh, ex-bourbon barrels, that would be. The rum is 80 proof, and it's going to set you back about a buck 35 to a buck 45 on the shelf. Only the best for you, John. Yes. You know, I don't think I've, I've ever drank anything this old. He oh, didn't, really? I don't think he had fancy, like when we had the old tequilas, he brought out like fancy tequila glasses. I don't think we have fancy rum glasses. No, I, I'd buy like the $15 rum in the liquor store, you know, buck 25, non Oh, well, there. what you got right there is about $15 worth <laughs> of rum. So we're still keeping it straight. I'd like to say these are Riedel glasses, by the way. They're just oh, not, okay. they're just so not the fancy tequila not, ones. Yeah, they'll still sound good. It is a uh, done in the traditional Cuban method. Method. And uh, the bottle's pretty cool. It's got all these etched marks on it. Looks like they spent about a uh, $25 of their budget just on the bottle. Done in the con- uh, the traditional Cuban method, yes. but made in Panama. Panama! Yes. Yeah, that would be it. Excellent. Well, then let's have a lovely show. Oh, that's his way of shutting me up. Thanks, guys. Ooh, I like the sound of that. All righty, kids. Let's get into it. Best of the rest. If this club had any mon- money, maybe this year they'll challenge for top four. There's a lot of sayings that get tossed around when people talk about Everton FC. And despite having a typical season with typical Everton spot on the table, there was a lot to clean up around the club for Brands and Silva. Um, just because our club has money didn't mean that we necessarily spent it correctly. So your thoughts on the last season, John, for Everton as a whole. We finished eighth place just outside of Europe, but it's been... It's kind of normal Everton. Yeah, um, I would say the last season was a bit disappointing um, in the middle of it. It started off very exciting. Um, new manager, a lot of new players who came straight into the team, Richarlson, Andre Gomez, um, Luca Dean, Bernard. Um, and then suddenly there was a certain match that threw us off. Yep. And it threw us off for a while. But what I am very happy about is we had a very, very good close to the season. And I'm hoping that momentum can go ahead and carry over into the into uh, the uh, 1920 season. Well, and, you know, uh, Tim, want to get your thoughts on this, too. I would say the other positive is, is they lost the fucking league at Goodison Park. <laughs> <laughs> that is all that matters. The fucking shite lost the league at Goodison. And, and they lost the supporter shield. Yes, that happened today. So, uh, Timmy, your thoughts on last season? Well, I think we suffered a bit from the previous regimes, um, I would say. Uh, I just need to say one name, and that's Sandro. And everybody will understand what I'm talking about. Oh, God. Like those types of – those that type that, – that player epitomizes – what we're struggling to get rid of while still trying to make tracks forward. And I think that's what last year was. We're, we're making tracks forward, but we've still got these baggage hanging on in a sense. And um, and we we need to swap out some of that talent, which we've done a good job of this year in a, this transfer window. But last year it was a bit like spurts and spits. And, and then all of a sudden we had a long, uh, consistent run there at the end, which gave everybody hope. I'm still finishing eighth, which is, would like you said, rather typical. 
But I think with that eighth place finish, there was a lot of hope with the way we played at the end of the season. Stupid fucking black cats. Why we didn't come in seventh. <laughs> if, if I could jump in real quick, yeah. you know, I, 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 I wouldn't go ahead and blame the players. I'd blame the regime. Um, so we've had, we've had a high turnover rate in managers and also directors of football. Um, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of pundits like to go ahead and point back to the amount of money that Everton has spent since roughly 2016 um, when we went on a massive spending spree and bought players like Gilfie Sigurdsson, Wayne Rooney, Davy Klassen, all to play the same position. Bought all the number 10s humanly exactly, possible on the market. Exactly, um, You know, uh, and that was under Ronald Koeman's reign, and you could see from the lineups match to match he didn't know his best starting 11 he didn't know who was going to play where and i think that uh one of marcel brand's uh primary responsibilities was to start cleaning up the club getting rid of a lot of the dead weight and um you know we're, we're sandro i absolutely agree with you tim um he's on uh you know six figure wages and i added this all up in terms of the dead weight if we're talking about sandro um you know, uh, Shank Tosin, mm-hmm. uh, Omar Nias, um, Balassi, Morales. Morales. Morales yeah. um, hey, 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 don't you talk about our backup right back. Even, yeah, he's such a great backup right back because we don't have one right now. We don't have one right now. And, and I'm sure some team out there just needs one desperately. But, but you know, I, I did the numbers and, and uh, all of the dead weight that we have at the club um, adds up to a wage bill bill of about 24 million pounds per Jesus. season in change. Um, so one of the things that you saw in the January transfer window was really no incomings, um, but trying to get the outgoings going. Yeah, And um, it'll be interesting to see, especially since the uh, Euro- a lot of the European um, leagues, France, Italy, Germany, whatnot, Spain, um, their transfer windows don't go ahead and close until uh, later in August. How many of those players can we go ahead and offload? How can we go ahead and um, and, uh, and free ho- up a bit of the wage bill and make a little not bit of loans. money? Hopefully not loans, too, because it's well, been a lot well, of loans. You know, I, I will like say, to get rid of people. I, I will say with, with loans, um, we have a couple players who are on the last years of their contract. Mm-hmm. And so if we have to go ahead and loan them out and a team is willing to pay you know, 50% of their wages or even 100% of their wages and then they become a free agent at the end of the season, I'll go ahead and take that too. As long as we can get, uh, if we can get those wages off the books books, and we can start applying them to players that will come into the first team and help us this season. Yeah. Um, So we actually just kind of tapped into what I wanted to talk about next anyways, which was kind of the getting rid of the dead weight. Do we feel like so far um, Brands is doing a pretty good job of that, boys? I think not, no. quite frankly. I, I, I think that you have a plan to do it, and everybody can see you need to do it, and actually doing it is another thing. I mean, there's no reason you that all these players don't want to be just like Gareth Bale and be playing golf while collecting a, you know, a massive salary and they have no reason in a sense to move. They know they're not going to play in the first team, uh, but they don't want to go anywhere because they just want to sit it out and 
yeah, I, get, I think you get a lot of that um, with when you're trying to make this transition. And that makes it extremely difficult to move somebody on. Somebody who, do, I mean, what team in their right mind wants to sign Kevin Morales? No, nobody. Nobody. No. nobody. Not you know, even not the team he was impact. on loan with last season. No. Exactly. So, I mean, that makes it extremely difficult for what Brands has to do. Um, I think loan moves are probably the best way to do it, in a sense. Um, get them out, uh, get them playing. And then even if they do find some form at another team, then they become a little more at least sellable in a sense. Um, right. you, they're not going to play for you, but they at least people see them play. Oh, this guy does have a little bit, you know, maybe an MLS team will take him or something like that. But you, you got to get them out there playing. Right. And, and, and it's important, I think, to look at in the preseason matches that we've played so far, who isn't there. So out of all the dead weight, Kevin Morales has been there. Um, I hesitate to call James McCarthy dead weight because uh, he's just suffered a bad lot with a broken leg. Yeah. Um, I feel terrible for him, but you know he's been linked with Crystal Palace, um, so there there could be something going on there. But Yannick Bellasi isn't there in training. Sandro Ramirez isn't there in training. Um, Mohamed Besic isn't there in training. Um, hasn't played a single minute of preseason. Um, so I think we could identify from from who is there, um, you know, uh, training in Switzerland and playing in all of these uh, friendlies, who's really going to be um, let go from the club and who right. might have a chance, like Morgan Schneiderland, um, for instance. Yeah. Um, well, we were just, uh, Tim, we were discussing this before we started recording. We both think he's going to be the starting defensive midfielder uh, against Palace next week, just because, frankly, the new signings aren't going to be ready to go yet. Yeah, I would totally. And you know what? He played really well at the end of the season. And Agreed. Silva has already earmarked him when he first came in, saying, This is the type of player that I like to play with. So I think he has some faith in him if he continues to play the way he did. And I don't see why he can't sit on the bench and provide that backup for um, for others and be a good, solid backup. Like, I think I think uh, that he has a he has a plan for him, quite honestly. Yeah. So Silva mentioned um, in a, his press conference um, after the last friendly um, that we played against um, against uh, Veda Brenman. Um, that, you know, while we went ahead and signed uh, Jean-Philippe uh, Jambin or Mbama or the three different names that he happens to go by. I'm the name assassin. I'm going to fuck it up like crazy. Uh, I was going to say, John does these names really well, Sam. Yes, he does. I uh, personally, uh, I like the one there's uh, the Blue Room podcast used in American said, we're just going to call him JPEG. I like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that one. Call him, call him JPG. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you you know, Silva went ahead and said that he's trained for a day and that, that he likely wouldn't be ready for the Palace match. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the bench and happens to come in, depending on how that match goes. Right. Um, but depending on the injury that Fabian Delft picked up in our last uh, in our last friendly, we could definitely see Morgan Schneiderlin starting alongside um, Andre Gomez uh, in midfield. Wait, Delft got hurt? Shocker! It's an absolute <laughs> shocker. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, I I just uh, I hope that uh, it looked as harmless as it was when he was walking off the field. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a little. It, I just I know this that guy's gonna get hurt a ton this season. When he's healthy, he'll be a great little addition to the squad. Thankfully, he was very cheap, but 
I I'm not a hundred percent sold on them. No, I, I I think um I think if if you guys have have watched and our listeners have watched the um, All or Nothing Man City documentary, um you'll see what kind of a leader Fabian Delth was in the locker room, and I think that's part of the reason why that we signed him. He's massively improved under Pep Guardiola in terms of his passing and his work rate positioning and he's sort of one of those utility players that we can play him as a box-to-box midfielder but you know if something happens at left back we can go ahead and slot him in that position as well so you know I think he's he's one of these signings that he's not going to expect to play week in and week out but he will bring something to the squad a bit I mean I hate to use the comparison because it's a fucking red but James Milner Swiss Army knife plug and insert Oh, you need him to do a job here. He'll go probably do a fairly decent job. Like if you needed him to put on the gloves and step in the net, he'd probably know how to make a save or two. Like he just seems like that kind of guy. And I think too, our our team, given the the average age, which I think is around like twenty five right now. You know, we look at our captain Seamus Coleman, Leighton Baines being a backup, Gilfie Sigurdsson also being one of the senior players, and. Beyond that, we have, uh, I mean, Theo Walcott, but Theo is Theo. Um, We don't have many leaders in the locker room. So even if he's not playing week in and week out, um, to have Fabian Delph there, um, someone who's won championships with Manchester City, even though he's not been the, you know, the linchpin in that team. Um, that has won championships. Um, oh. I think he's he's learned, you know, how to go ahead and motivate players, and he's learned from one of the best managers in the world. I'll throw this uh, your your way too, Tim. Um, you know, it feels like we needed to replace somebody that to take over for where Jagielka left us. You know, when you think so. Yeah, um, I think you need that voice in the locker room, um, and if. If Fabian is anything like he was on that show that you alluded to, John, I think you've got somebody who every team in the league would want in their locker room. I also think that he's going to get more playing time than he ever would have at City. And so the the move for him wasn't necessarily difficult to do because you, I think players are beginning to see what's taking shape here and you're getting players who want to be a part of it. So that's a Silva and Brands thing. And so when he comes in as a senior player with a mindset of winning, I don't see that as a negative at all. Now, if he cost us 30 million pounds, that might be a different story, but he didn't. He cost us 10. And so that that type of that type of influence for for what we paid for him is going to I think it's going to pay dividends in the end. And I think in the cup runs and some of these other places, you're going to see you're going to see that versatility and that passion and that what he has going to come to fruition. And then I think it's going to work out well. I'm, I'm uh, intrigued. I would like to know what kind of uh pimp hand it is that uh, brands has. Cause remember like when we got Gilfy, it was like, Oh, we want to pay 35 for him. We ended up paying 50 for him. We totally bent, got bent over and paid tons of money. And with everybody we've signed, we signed some pretty damn good players and we just kind of like, he went up to Barcelona and went, no, 25 million. That's what I'm fucking paying. That's it. Yeah. End of discussion. I'm getting, I'm getting Andres Gomez for 25 million and that, and you're going to say yes to that. And somehow it works. So that man is smooth. I'll just run down the list really quick to show you the, the brilliance of Marcel Brands. And this, this does not necessarily include um, add on bonuses. Andre Gomez, 
22 million from Barcelona, mm-hmm. which was not what Barcelona was asking. They were asking much more. Fabian Delft, 8.5 million for Manchester City. Now that that's reasonable based upon based upon where that player is at. Um, Jean-Philippe uh, Jamin, um, 22.5 million dollars from Mainz. Um, and our marquee signing of the season. Moise Keane, mm-hmm. $25.1 million with only about two and a little bit of change in bonus money. And this was a Juventus, Juventus uh, president that wanted a buyback clause, just like Barcelona does with right. their players. And Marcel Brands somehow convinced them that a first refusal clause would be better than a buyback clause yeah uh so this this man is just absolute magic um here's my theory on this i have a theory he has pictures of every (laughs) other general manager in europe (laughs) he does he's got a file somewhere with pictures of every other general manager in europe or he just demands that much respect and has that much clout within Europe. I, I'm, those are the only two possibilities. Yeah, it's it's blackmail. That's what it is. He, he's got blackmail on everybody. Yeah, it's freaking incredible. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think that that is uh, you, you can you can sort of put Marco Silva aside because, you know, he's working with brands and identifying players. And Delft was right. apparently identified back in March. Um, and so there are a number of players that I think were identified um, that that we've got got and permanently signed. Um, or they were identified months and months ago during the uh, season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brands is seems to be the type of guy that Steve Walsh wasn't. Um, Steve Walsh was a head scout with Leicester, yeah. And you know he knew how to identify players when it came to getting them over the line, and. Uh, getting together with the manager and talking about what are the needs of the club going forward. Um, that was a completely different story. I think Walsh failed with that. Kuman failed with that. Yeah. Um, and also Sam Allard. Let's just not Let's, remember Big Sam. So, so Big Sam never happened. The, the, just a bad, bad dream. The 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 man whose name we we shall not mention, <laughs> um, you know, was involved with some signings as well during that January transfer window. Um, <coughs> oh, God. I lost oh, right there. Shake your son. No, um, uh, I I think Brands has a very tight relationship with Marco Silva. He knows exactly what Silva needs in the squad. And looking at the transfer windows that they've gone through so far, with this last summer being the biggest one, mm-hmm. we picked up players that went right into the starting eleven. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, we we it seemed like we would play our our initial starters just as as giving the opportunity for the new players to kind of work their way into the system, which also was a no notable difference from when it was uh, Kuman or uh, Big Sam Dumbass. Um, the, they, they would, they would just put them right into the starting lineup and they would have been with the club for a week or two at the most and just go here, go, go score 20 goals. And it didn't work where you saw in the case of like, you know, Andres Gomez, it was, it took a little while. They, 
you know, he had he had some injury problems, so he was getting him up to being, a, a, you know, physically fit to play, and then slowly working him into the system. Same thing with um, Luca Dina. He didn't start playing until Baines got the injury. They kept going with Baines. And even though Baines was at times, frankly, getting beat beat on the left, but it, it, it just felt like the, the players were being vetted correctly. When when you say Tim? Absolutely. And and I and I think that speaks to um the way Silva I mean we hear we heard it even coming from Watford where the players were like, this guy will put his hands on us and put us right where you know what I mean? Like literally he was a player's a player's manager in a sense. And and so when you come into a new situation and whatnot and get thrown into the fire, like sometimes a lot of these clubs do, oh, you're a new signing, go straight in. I know you've only been here a week. That's not necessarily going to endear you to the coach and to other things. Thi- so when Silva and Brands are doing it the right way, you see that, it, you know, we might lose a game. We might tie a game that we maybe should have won because we don't have some of those players ready to go but when they're ready to go that will make all the difference and i think i think we have to give we have to give a little there as a fan saying we need to get some of these players in because ultimately you'd like to have had all these players in in week two of the transfer market but that's not the way the transfer market work it's been particularly slow this season as well so i think for them to get put in the right way with silva doing what silva does i think we'll be all right yeah, and and uh, one thing I wanted to comment on. I don't know if you saw the video of the uh, signing of uh, Jean Philippe uh, Germain, uh, but uh, there was this wonderful little moment where Marcel Brands is fixing his tie on the back of his suit. <laughs> um, so I think beyond beyond Marco Silva being being someone who can go ahead and talk to these players and convince them to come to Everton. Um, Marcel Brands has this uh, relationship with the players. You see him jetting off to every single preseason friendly. He's watching every single match. Um, you know, he's got his scouts doing, um, doing his bidding um, around the world. Um, but that sort of hands-on approach um, from a director of football, mm-hmm. um, this was something that a lot of players um, during the, the um, while well, he's still the chairman, but during the Bill Kenwright era, um, as much as fans would go ahead and, and criticize uh, Bill Kenwright and, and the signings of the club, um, the players would go ahead and say that they received so much encouragement from Bill Kenwright. You know, they would get a text after the game. They would get a phone call. Even after they had moved on to other clubs, Bill Kenwright was still keeping in touch with them. And I think in Marcel Brands, you have um, sort of a match made in heaven in terms of the Everton way of, of managing players. Um, here's a question for both of you boys. Um, if we have uh, another December, well, let's face it, we have that December every fucking December. Will we as fans, will the fan base be calm or are we going to have a bunch of idiots yelling out, out with Silva? Tim, you go ahead and throw at it first. Yeah, I, I don't, I would hope not, but you know, we're Everton fans and we, we tend to. I mean, even even you even heard the small rumblings last year after after that uh, Liverpool defeat that we would, you know, you know, we went on that terrible run and people were, you know, slow. It was slowly starting to creep in. 
And I think that 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 is English football. If you don't if you don't have a progressively better and better, then you you know it's that's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think as Everton fans, recognizing what the club is doing and the positive steps it's taking, that buys you a bit more. That buys him a bit more time. I think that that he has the opportunity to take these players that he's been given that are now his. And if he doesn't move the club forward, then by all means, you know, he's been given what he's what he's asked for and he didn't do it. Then it's then it's time. But he, I think I, I don't get the sense that that that's going to happen. I get the sense that this is this is a method. There's a method to the madness that Brands and him are together and that that's why there's so much hope. And that's why I think he has a fairly long leash in a sense. You know, I, I think there will be uh, portions of the fan base that will be unhappy either way. Um, you know, I was just reading today a thread in the Everton USA Facebook group basically saying, oh, now that we've signed uh, Moise Keane, which we'll, we'll go a little bit, uh, we'll deep dive into him a little yeah. bit later. Um, you know, it's time to go ahead and sell Shank Dosun. It's time to go ahead and sell Omar Nias, which I'm not opposed to. But it's time to go ahead and uh, put out Dominic Calvert-Lewin on loan. And you look at some of these fans and you're saying, well, that leaves us with one striker. Right. Um, so th- there's a certain um, um, illogical thought process with uh, some of these fans. Um and you know, I, I, I don't want to go ahead and 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 tear apart fellow Evertonians and whatnot because we all want our club to do as as well as we possibly can. Um, but there are some unrealistic expectations, and there are some that I think don't understand um, necessarily the business of football. Um, and that 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 becomes a problem when it comes to expectations. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and slide into this kind of thought process real quick. Um, this is my own personal opinion. Um, I personally think there needs to be a really strong cup challenge, be it the League Cup or the FA Cup this season. I, I feel like this team needs to make a semi needs to make a final hell needs to fucking win a trophy i think that i think that they're that that's almost paramount this year for us i absolutely agree um and and tim i want you to weigh on this as well we've heard chambis coleman talk about it we've heard uh, a number of different players talk about winning a trophy and i think that's a building block you know, um, personally, in in my own prediction, you know, I see us challenging for the top six, not the top four, um, this coming season. And if you go ahead and get a trophy under your belt, whether it be the League Cup or the FA Cup, uh, the FA Cup, of course, being better, um, I think that that really will um, galvanize the players um, to go ahead and. I'm not saying that they're not playing as hard as they possibly can, but it'll go ahead and show them that, you know, Everton is here to do business. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that you're, you're spot on there, John, in the sense that what we expect is top six challenging. I think, I think that would be a minimum. With what we've done, we would, we, we as fans would kind of expect that. Um, 
I mean, you have others. Um, I mean, folks who have said that they will challenge for the top four. I mean, um, I can't remember who it was. Um, that even though we've lost Ghana and some of those others, that that they they they, they expect that because of what we've done and the players that we've done, uh, we that we'll do better than last season. That we'll challenge for the for the top four. And I I think that's a little ambitious, but I also think that that's what that's what you're looking for and so to put a cup run in there would just it would help to say all right everything's moving in the right place i mean if we're if we're at wembley for a for a for a cup final i don't think you'd complain about this season at all right i mean obviously we'd we'd rather our team win it but if we lost to man city in an fa cup final I'd say we all be pretty fucking happy with us getting to an FA Cup final. We'd yeah. we'd rather win it, but uh, I've, but we would look at that and go, okay, yeah, this was a pretty damn good year. We had and, some success. And as runner up, runners up, there's possibility of Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the poison chalice of Europa League <laughs> qualification. Um, y- you know, I I think Everton fans this season, um, given our our new signings and what may be to come. Um, in the next week. Uh, I think we need to have a little bit of patience. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, we've brought in players from the Bundesliga. We brought in a player from Serie A. Um, we can't expect these players to get off the mark immediately, especially a player like Moise Keane. No. Um, you know, he's going to go ahead and adapt himself. Now, I, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but uh-huh. I think he's a very well suited to the Premier League. Um, but I you know, if if he's not scoring a brace in his first game starting, you know, I, I don't think the fans can turn against him. He's gonna have a bit of a learning curve. Oh yeah. Um, like a lot of players that move into the Premier League from uh, different European leagues. So let's go ahead and get into some of the signings. Um, so we got ourselves a uh, backup keeper, and uh, Losel, honestly, is someone to keep Pickford honest, if you ask me. You know, and when he pulls shit like he did against uh, Newcastle, you know, slap him on the wrist and sit his ass on the bench for a game and let him remind him, hey, you may be England's number one, but we can we can put somebody else in the net, and that's nice to have that competition, knowing that we've got you know just a good, solid backup keeper. Um, how big? And Tim, I ask you this first: How big was it getting the Andres Gomez deal done and done quickly? Yeah, I think that was really really huge. Um, he he gets another full full development time with um, preseason. Um, and he's not coming in and having. I mean, I know he was injured at the beginning of last season, anyway. But but he gets to come in and put his stamp on the team in a sense through preseason and whatnot. Um, and I think that getting that done was probably the easiest thing for them because we all knew he wanted to come. Uh, we all knew what brands wanted to pay, and however he works his magic, he got it done. He, you know. Whatever he did, he worked it, and then boom, we've got Gomes, and we're we're good to go. And that set the tone kind of for the rest of the little rest of no, the transfer market. Little to no drama on that one. There was that little bit of talk of West Ham, and real quickly that got shut down in a hurry. 
and then the deal got done. The next thing you know, boom, deal's done. Yeah, I think when you have a player who's who's had a really good experience at a club, you know, if another club comes into them and they know that the club that they've been at for a year or season, sorry, mm-hmm. um, uh, really wants them as well, I think that, you know, they're going to go ahead and wait out for for that team that they're yeah. familiar with. So we already kind of touched base on Delph. We won't double back to that. So let's talk about really the two the two big ones. That that's the that's the big ones. So we got uh, our boy uh, We Be Jamming, Bama, Bamba, Gabin, JPEG. I'm going with what Rob said too. JPEG uh, is great. JPEG, I loved I love JPEG. Goes by three different names. Um, that yeah, that was the worst thing he could have done. By the way, <laughs> just give us one. Yeah, just give us one. Um, you know that the Liverpudlians in the stands will go ahead and and create his own name for him. Fun. Yep, yeah. and and then the other uh, nickname that made me giggle with my teeth out, our new striker, Moist Ken. To to comment on just no to comment on um on Bama or uh, Jibama. Um, so our new. Um, replacement, or should I say, successor for Idris Aganagay. Idris who? No, I. Idris I, I I will disagree with that. Oh no, no, I'm with you. It's I, I broke absolutely my heart. love Idris Gay, and if he has the chance to go ahead and play for a team that he dreamed to play for as as a child. You know, let's go ahead and give him that chance at the age of thirty. Yeah, it's I'm um, I he was my favorite player on the squad, and he, I jokingly yeah. I jokingly say you know yeah Adresa who, but the man showed nothing but class when a deal didn't get done over the January transfer window, and we said, hey, look, we need you to stick it out. What did he do? He went out and played probably his best ball with us as a club during that time period. If ever there was a reason to just check out and not play. Pull a Ross Barkley, there it was, and and he didn't do it. Um, what were your thoughts on uh, uh, Tim on on uh, Adresa sadly leaving the club? Uh, I am thankfully for all of you. I there's no video with this, but because you don't want to see this face, I literally do have his uh, jersey on. Though I will tell you because there if there was one jersey I was getting from last year, it was his. Yep. Um, so. I think that you, 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 like you said, you had to let him go in a sense. Um, he, the reason you want him, his name on your back is exactly what you said, Sam. He not only did he not get the move he wanted, um, but he went out and he performed at an exceptional, an exceptional level after that. And so those are the types of players that you never want to see go. But at the same time, your emotional side says, yeah, it's it's the right thing. We're happy for you, even though we're not happy that you're gone. Yeah. Well, and basically his his leaving. And I want to kind of hint at this some too, John, because I know you've uh, looked up the numbers on it. Basically, that paid for JPEG. Right, yeah. right. Um, you know, we went ahead and sold Idrissa for twenty five million to PSG. And uh, Jean-Philippe um, came in on 22.5, not including, not including uh, any add-ons. Uh, performance bonuses or add-ons or anything like that. Um, talk a little bit about the player that uh, Jean-Philippe uh, Jambon is. Um, you really have to look at 
what kind of team what kind of uh, team Mainz was over the past several seasons. Um, the, his first two years on Mainz, um, they were struggling for relegation in the Bundesliga. Um, last season, they finished mid table. Uh, they play a four four two diamond, and uh, Jean Philippe uh, went ahead and basically played uh, in the the back of the diamond, sitting in front of the back four. Uh, we know that he's a player that can go ahead and slot in at center back if needed. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see um, how he plays in a four two three one. Uh, with Andre Gomez um, alongside him. Um, the interesting thing about uh, Jean-Philippe is that, uh, you know, his... If you look at all the stats, you know, of course, he's he's lower than Ghana. And that's to be expected. Ghana is one of the best midfielders in the world. Um, but some of the things I want to focus in on are pass completion rate. Okay. And... Ghana's pass completion rate, and I may be wrong on this number, was about 83%. And Jean-Philippe was 80%. Um, Ghana, as we know, watching Everton week in and week out, um, he tends to play a lot of short passes. Um, yeah, a lot of touches back and forth between him and the center backs. Exactly, exactly. And he, he does get forward. And um, personally, when I do see him get forward and try to take a shot on goal, um, I would get a little a little terrified because I knew he wasn't going to put the best <laughs> shot on target. Um, but um, what, what Jean-Philippe, I think, brings to the team, um, for one, he's six foot tall. So he towers over just a gay. So in in these one-on-one challenges for headers, I think he's going to be a force to reckon with um, in the Everton midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, second is the way he goes ahead and passes the ball. Um, unlike in just Idris Agay, because he was playing for Mainz in that back role, he had to play a lot of long passes. And what... What Jean-Philippe tends to do the most is try to move these passes, move the ball from the defensive third to the offensive third as quickly as possible. He positions his body to go ahead and be able to start dribbling forward. He's not afraid to dribble and take on players. And I think that's going to be a very, very different type of defensive midfielder than we've seen from Idris Gay. Um, he loves a tackle. You know, he loves going in and, and intercepting passes. He has a very, very good um, interception rate compared to uh, Idris Gay. As my uh, co- co-host loves to say, uh, a right proper dickhead. That's... That's the kind of player he likes, right? Right. Proper dickhead, and 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 I I think that because he identifies with that. Yes, because Graham is a right proper dickhead. (laughs) Sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I I think that what what uh, can go ahead and bring to the team, especially with um, the the notional starting three um, up front of Bernard um, Moisekin. And also Richarlison 
is the ability to go ahead and play through balls um, to the either middle or final third and have these players run onto them and create quality opportunities, which is one thing, um, as much as I love Ghana, that, that was not part of his game. Yeah, he was short passes and beat the shit out of people. That's right. what he, yeah, did. Think, he did really well. I think JPEG is going to be different in that sense that y- you're right. He, I think if you even look at interceptions, he has a better interception rate, which is what we loved Ghana for, right? He would just get in there and be in the perfect position. And then JPEG's even a little better than that. But you're right. Like even, I mean, I watched a fair bit of Bundesliga last year and watching him um, move forward with the penetrating ball. Um, and he, I think if you look at long, I mean, this is one of those positions where all these stats actually kind of mean something. Like a lot of times, you know, you're looking at wingers and you don't really care about the stats. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter as long as they're scoring goals. Um, but like, this is one of those positions where all these stats kind of come into into focus. And if you look at his long balls and his through passes, he's actually more accurate than Guy. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Right, and I think I think Ghana you can you can identify as strictly as a ball winning midfielder. Mm. Um, whereas uh, Jean Philippe um, has a little bit more in his game, and it might take a little while for him to. Go ahead and display that for Everton. And, well, let's also, if he's going to be putting up those long balls, let's look at who he's got up there. You know, uh, Calvin Lewin learned a lot and grew a lot last season as a striker, being able to play back to goal. Now, he'd have his games where you're just like, God, he just doesn't have it today. But for the most part, he, uh, particularly in the second half, really kind of got used to being a everyday striker now um you know with with obviously with um i believe it's um i've heard people say it's moisa ken i've also heard keen so again moist ken um (laughs) just that one made me giggle so much that uh again this is a in the style of you know big rom this is a big this is a big, big boy that we're getting from uh from uh juventus and then even to a lesser extent i mean I don't expect to see him on the field, but if we hold on to Shank Tosun and he's our third striker, he can pull down a ball from the air and he can play with his back to goal pretty well too. So there's something encouraging knowing that we're going to have a defensive midfielder that's going to be able to put up balls, but also guys that are going to be able to bring them down and control them, which is very important. Yeah, with 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 uh, our new, newest signing, uh, Moise Keane. Or Let's Ken. go ahead and start to transition that way too, boys. And Let's start talking about him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to go ahead and see him play in Everton shirt. Now, Evertonians are going to need to, to have a little bit of patience. It's a 19-year-old kid. Um, it's a 19-year-old kid, but he, he has a lot of fundamentals of the game that seem to be inherent to the player that he is. He hasn't learned them on the training ground. It's just something that he knows. Um, so if I were to compare him to any player, I would say he has all of the skills of Calvert-Lewin in terms of being able to run into the channels, being able to hold up the ball, um, and allow his teammates to come on and, uh, you know, contribute to the attack. But what Moisekin, um, goes ahead and does phenomenally is his finishing. 
if you take a look at the videos of his finishing, you know, he scored in just about every other Juventus match that he played in mm-hmm. last last season. He is incredibly accurate when it comes to where he places the ball. Mm-hmm. And he's also six foot. So yep. size. We we have I, I I would describe him as a complete striker. You know, he has the ability to run into the channels. He can play left wing if we were to need him. But not like we don't have 37 of those. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but he uh, can go ahead and get on the end of the ball that's crossed into the box and slide that home. He can go ahead and head the ball. Um, he can go ahead and take shots from 18 yards out, if not more, and place them in the exact spot where the keeper is not going to be able to get them. Yeah. Um, I'm very impressed for a 19-year-old um, with how he's progressed. And one of one of the key things about uh, Moise Keane is, you know, he was on loan to, I believe it was uh, Marona mm-hmm. um, in the 18-19 the um, season. And, excuse me, the 17-18 uh, season. Right. And Christian and I all know, of course, was signed by Juventus. And uh, he refused to go out on loan because he wanted to learn as much as he could from Cristiano Ronaldo. And that he did. And I, I think that makes him a better player. I think that makes him learning from one of the best players in the league. I don't want to get into a discussion about who's the greatest of all time between Ronaldo and Messi and whatnot. Right, but right. if you're learning from Cristiano Ronaldo and how he plays the striker position, the number nine position, um, I think that I think that Moise Keane is doing something right. And you know, there's there have been stories about how when Moise Keane was on the pitch, Ronaldo was cheering him on. Um, going ahead and doing step overs like Mozikin would. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about I love, I, I think that is very um, adaptive to the Premier League for Mozikin is his physicality. Yeah, he is a very strong boy, and you look at him when he receives the ball. And, you know, these YouTube videos that you go ahead and watch that aren't all about him scoring goals. Um, he almost has a second sense for the defenders that are around him, mm-hmm. his teammates that are around him. And he knows the the right decision in those circumstances. And so what I'm hoping is that with... Moise Keane in the team. That Dominic Calvert-Lewin can go ahead and learn some of those aspects of the game mm-hmm. from Moise Keane and go ahead and apply them. And I think the biggest problem with Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not his positional play. It comes down to finishing. Yeah, he needs to finish better. Um, Tim, your your thoughts with the uh, striker. We finally got a fucking striker. How about that? Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Like, it only took three years 
to get a top rate three effing are you serious okay thank you yeah all right like okay three years um and we finally have somebody and i think you have okay so here's 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 the deal we're evertonians okay we, we know the struggle it's real so you hope that you get a 19 year old kid on a five-year contract who blows this league up and takes you to the next level that is the constant hope yep you know but I think you're right to touch on the fact that he's 19 years old, new country, doesn't speak English particularly well. Although he will ask for tea nicely. I saw that if, video. If, if I could, um, if I could jump in for a second, um, there was an interview with with one of the physios who uh, started training him since uh, his training started on Saturday, I believe. Um, and he says that his English is uh, pretty good. Okay. Um, good. Okay. So the, the, there are a lot of players that I think that uh, they can speak English decently enough yeah. for footballing reasons, uh, but when it comes down for an interview, you know, yeah. they want to have a translator. So, uh, yeah. so boys, I hate to do this to us because we are rambling, and Sam Graham is going to give me so much shit for our show being longer than his show, uh, even though we have more interesting shit to talk about than he does. I so will wager $20 that Graham doesn't even listen to the show. You're right. He's that self-absorbed. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's, uh, real quick, I want everybody to give a quick prediction. Uh, Tim, I'll start with you. What What do you think Everton's going to do this next season? Uh, I will take a top six finish, and I will be extremely happy about that. I think, I think that the the gift of not being in Europe this season is actually helpful. We saw what it did to Burnley. We saw what it did to some of these other. We saw what it did to ourselves. Saw what um, it did to Southampton. Back. It's right. It's so, going to do it to Wolves too. They're, they're... I never, uh, yeah, I never want to say, I never want to not be in Europe. I always want to be in Europe. But I think in this instance, we've got a bunch of new players. We're going to be able to concentrate on the cups and on uh, the domestic league. And I think that's going to be a blessing in disguise. I'll say sixth. Say six. Okay, very good. Um, John, what do you think? I, I think a, a top six finish is what we should be aiming for this season. Um, now, where we go ahead and fall in that pecking order is going to be dependent, I think, upon the next couple of days. The mm. show airs on, on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Arsenal has gone ahead and strengthened. They have a very formidable front, front three. Manchester United, not so much. Um, They're a shit show. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, you know, they've gone ahead and splashed the cash for Harry Maguire when, um, you know, he's not even as good as, I will say his name, Virgil van Dyke. Yeah. Ooh. But see, see, he's not even as good as Keane. No, no, he's not. He's not. And He's and, not. And it, it, it's very interesting the the decisions that the the Manchester United hierarchy are making, and I we can go on and have a whole separate show about Manchester United. We and we did. We made fun of them the whole time. Yeah, we made a bingo yeah. sheet and everything. It you was fabulous. You know, it, it's all about the Woodwards and uh, how they think that they are they're wonderful about going ahead and signing players. And, so. Um, uh, Boys, I'm just going to tell you real quick. It's simple. You're both wrong. We're winning the fucking Super Bowl. If Lester could do it, we could fucking do it. We're winning the goddamn league. That's all there is to it. We're winning. We're winning domestic trouble. We're winning both cups. We're winning the league. That's what's happening. 
Absolutely positively. What? I don't have a Tegan button that says, Big Sam, you're delusional. <laughs> Just one that says, Daddy's delusional. No, I think I think we're a top. I think we're a top six team. I think um, uh, Arsenal, um, while they've improved offensively, they can't beat everybody five to three. Um, they their defense still sucks really bad. Uh, Manchester right. United right. is there for the taking, and Chelsea is there for the taking. Um, and so, could I see us potentially battling for a top four spot? Absolutely. Um, but we also need to be weary because West Ham got better, Leicester got better. Wolves got better. They all and so everybody in the top ten got better. So it's going to be an interesting I, season. I would point out that we signed out of those three teams: West Ham, Wolves, and us. Yeah. The best striker that you could possibly bring into the Premier League. Um, I was a little worried when West Ham signed Holler. Um, I was a little worried when when Wolves went ahead and signed their own striker. But bringing in Moise Keane, I'm I'm very confident that he's going to come good in the Premier League. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of what we need to do before Thursday when the show airs, mm-hmm. um, there are four positions that we need to go ahead and strengthen. Um, one let's of, let's hold that up for the uh, next segment for when we do uh, for when we do our speculation because we can it. wildly speculate then. So the important thing to know here is is I have more faith in my club than you guys do, and I'm a better fan. <laughs> well, you're a bigger fan. Time to tell you what little we know. It's speculation time. Toffee edition. So since Graham isn't here, and obviously John can do his job just perfectly fine. John, what's uh, the wild speculation in the silly season currently for Everton? So uh, with our, with our recent transfer uh, uh, signings, um, we have a number of different um, positions that Marcus Silva would like to go ahead and... Um, would like to go ahead and strengthen. One okay. would be a winger. The other would be a center back, mm-hmm. um, a right back to back up Seamus Coleman. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth would be a uh, center midfielder. Got it. So who do we have? Who have we been linked to in these situations? So um, in terms of the central midfield position, I think this set off a lot of agents and a lot of betting when it came to um, Marco Silva announcing this, that he wanted someone else from the center. So we have uh, Mario Lemina from Southampton, um, you know, 25-year-old, um, probably would cost between uh, 15 to 20 million pounds. Um, you know, he's a six-foot, uh, right-footed um uh, center defensive midfielder, more of a box-to-box midfielder. He found his playing time at Southampton a little bit curtailed because of injury. When he got back into the squad, there was a number of different formations that the new manager was going ahead and playing with, and um, he couldn't quite nail down a spot. Um, we also have, um, in terms of uh, a center defensive midfielder, um, Abdullah Decore from Watford, mm-hmm. and now we know Everton's relationship with Watford, say, lack thereof with Watford. Um, now Decore is a traditional box-to-box midfielder. You know he is a probably a thirty-two to forty million pound player. 
Um, there's rumors out there that uh, Everton have made a bid for thirty-two million pounds for Decore and have that had not knocked back by Watford. Um, you know, uh, it's it's interesting to see that uh, when Marco Silva said that in a press conference after the the latest friendly against Vetter Berman that uh, he needed, he was looking for a central defensive midfielder. Then we started to get these names linked with the club. Right. So not quite sure how confident that is. To me, do you think we need another central midfielder or do you think uh, Schneiderlin's going to fill into that role? I, I still think Schneiderlin has a role. Um, I think that you get the Decore stuff and it may be, may be possible because of the links. And I think that the, he is the type of player that Silva knows. So Silva would say, yeah, go for it. I, I, I can see that as a possibility. But I think if it happens, then Snyderland's gone for sure. Um, so, yeah, I really, you know, when you talk about how many number 10s we signed previously, how many more central defenders do we need in a sense? Or, I mean, central uh, midfield defenders do we need? Central um, defenders. Sure. Central defenders. We fucking need free Zuma. Yes. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> free Zuma. Zuma. <laughs> Let's get the movement rolling, boys. Speaking uh, of center backs, um, we've been linked with two. Um, okay. One would be Diego Laurent from Real Sociedad. Um, he's a 25-year-old midfielder. Would cost probably between 25 to 30 million pounds. Um, he's a right-footed, six foot uh, two. Um, center back. Okay. Um, guy would so like that. he would he would work very well on the squad. Um, he started twenty matches. Um, for Real Sociedad uh, last season, he was uh, injured a bit. Um, the other player that we've been linked to um is with Chelsea, and I'm sorry to say, not Frizuma. Right. Um, but this would be uh, Fayoko uh, Timore. Um, this is a young 21-year-old who was on loan with Derby County when uh, Frank Lampard was the manager there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he played just about every game that Derby played. And so given the uh, center back situation at Chelsea right now, I think uh, a player like that on loan, um, especially when we're talking about the fact that we have three central midfielders now between Mina, Keane, Holgate, and that's it. No one else. Yeah. And I, I think that would be a good loan signing um, for us. I don't think we'd get him permanently given Lampard's um, affinity for the player. Mm -hmm. um, but he's probably not going to see a lot of time at Chelsea. Uh, do we do we also think uh, do we think the kid uh, Gibson who's been playing in the preseason? Do you think he's going to get a, a spot on the roster? I mean, not get much playing time, but do we? How about you, Tim? Do you think we uh, pick him, put him on the roster? Um, yeah, I think he may end up there as default if nobody else is coming in because I think center back is our next main priority. Um, Mason Holgate is appears to be looking for a loan move or be, um, looks to be on the way out. Um, if you check into speculation, he, he seems to be on the way out. So I think you've got to keep at least one. You'd love to have two. You'd love to have four total right. and two as backups. But 
yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you, if you don't get somebody else, if you don't get the the free Zuma movement to completion, or if you don't get, uh, you know, somebody else on loan, then you've got to keep one or two. Uh, your gut, boys. Do we uh, are we able to get Zuma, be it on a loan or a permanent? Yes or no? I think it depends on uh, who Lampard decides are going to uh, who Lampard decides will be the um, the number one and number two center backs for Chelsea this okay. season. Tim, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think he's uh, John's right, but I think that I really do get the sense that Kurt wants to be at Everton. And I think that may push it over the over the line. I'm getting. I, I, it feels like that's what he wants. Uh, he's saying all the right things because you have to. You know, you want to make sure that you don't disenfranchise yourself with the club you're currently at. You know, but he's he, he, so he's saying the right things. Look, I just want to play. I want to get the opportunity to play for my country. I just, you know, wherever that is, I want to be a part of this. You know, I, you know, I appreciate what what you know Frank is doing as as our new manager, and I want to play for him, but. And I'm sure he's also saying on the side, boys, if I'm not fucking playing, send me somewhere because I, I want to play. Sam, I think that is an excellent point. Um, you know, Kurt Zuma played so many games for Everton in the previous season. And the chances for him to go ahead and play the same amount of games and then also get that France call up. Yeah. Uh, like Luca Dina will. Yeah. Um, it, it's It's very slim. And so I think a player like him at his age is going to be, want to be playing as much as possible. And, and I, I, would, I would go ahead and, and point out that a lot of the transfers that we brought in are players that want to be playing. Yeah. So there's going to be competition. There's actually players are going to be fighting for positions. They're going to, this is, it's a good thing to have uh, too many players at times when they're, when they're the right players doing the right thing. Right. And I, I think one of, one of the difficulties that we have right now, looking at the depth chart for each position that we have in a four, two, three, one position uh, or formation, um, we uh, have a lot of dead weight and, those four players that Marco Silva wants to bring in before the transfer deadline, those are going to be key. So final question here for both of you. First, Tim, to you. Um, before the deadline's over, so we can listen to this on Thursday and know how fucking wrong we were when we said it, um, <laughs> how many how many more uh, moves do you think we make? And, and just, you know, positionally, uh, hey, we're gonna get, I think we're going to get a center back. I think we're going to get a, a, a backup right back. Like, what do you, how do you think that's going to fade? happen for us consider considering all the pictures that i know that he has on his hard drive what brands has on his hard drives of everybody i think we get three more three more very good and yeah. definitely a center back you think center back a winger and i think one more central defender or central midfielder very good john what do you think i'm actually in complete agreement uh with tim there um you know a winger a center back and a backup right back with john joe being loaned out to Schalke, yeah. you know um and the possibility of mason holgate going on loan or uh a permanent transfer to another club um i don't want to see holgate leave um because he has that ability to go ahead and play center back and also play right back like he did last season on loan um but i think that at least three players are going to be coming in the interesting thing to go sort of back in time to last season uh when you think about the transfer deadline window how many players were we actually linked with out of the number of players that I've gone ahead and listed out? 
Yeah. We weren't linked with many of them. No. And it's almost as if Brands pulled a rabbit out of his hat. Right. And made these incredible signings at the last minute. Yeah. I have a feeling I have a feeling he's got a couple in his back pocket that that we just don't even know that he's ready to do. He's gonna pull some surprises on us. I, I think so too. And and you know, just reading the article about the Fabian Delft signing and the fact that, you know, Brands and Silva went ahead and agreed upon that signing back in March. I think there are a number of players that are on Everton's radar that the media hasn't gone ahead and linked us to. Mm-hmm. And that we could end up signing um, come deadline day. Cool. Well, that about wraps it up, boys and girls. Uh, Timmy, thank you so much for getting up in the morning over there in Futureland, Australia, and, and Skyping your ass on in, man. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. I'll do it again anytime you want. And um, I really appreciate, I uh, really like your guys' show. appreciate what you all do, and it's, it's fun to be a part of it. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it as well. And, uh, uh-oh, Mel's coming in. I just wanted to congratulate Tim on being our biggest fan on the entire continent of Australia. Yeah, you I need- got the continent covered. I got, I'm got. i getting as many people as I can to listen. I, I sometimes play these, you know, on the speaker out in the in the kitchen. Uh, not your show. I can't let the kids listen to your oh, show. Oh, no, you cannot <laughs> let the kids enough. listen to this show. No. <laughs> so that stays on my speakers and my, on my earbuds. But uh, but I really do appreciate it. And, Mel, I want to apologize from the three of us that you have a lot of work to do in post. I realize that. I'm <laughs> it's trying not so to make bad. this sound good. <laughs> I've been sitting here taking notes. Uh, you guys are darn interesting, and I've enjoyed listening to you. So, uh, John, thank you for making the trip over here, man. It's good to finally get you here in studio. We've been trying it all for, God, all last season. We were trying to make it work. Thank you so much. I'm I'm sorry it couldn't work out last season, um, but uh, I'm I'm here on call um, for when you need. Yeah, me. don't make us sock you at Fidel again. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we'll, we'll definitely have you come when we have Sam here, so you and I can gang up on him, where he normally always has somebody gang up on me all the time. So, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the summer sessions. Friday starts a new season as Norwich City will naturally beat the Reds. Next week, Graham will be back, and the second season of our show will begin. We have lots of fun, new stuff to talk about. So, till next week, everybody. Good night. Cheers. Bitch. It's a grand old team to play for. It's a grand old team to support. And it, you know, your history. It's enough to make your heart go. Oh, we don't care what the red side say. What the heck do we care? Cause we only know that there's gonna be a show when the Everton boys are there. It's got <laughs> We're waiting on Timmy. 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 Timmy.